Hello and welcome to another edition of the Account Experience Podcast. I'm here with Dave Barber, who's joining me in Amsterdam today. How are you doing, Dave? Good afternoon, Adam. Not doing too badly, thank you. How are you? Oh, great. Sort of uh, holidays are sort of over a bit, so I'm really pleased to be back in the uh, the city I love. And also really delighted today. We've got, we got a guest uh, who's dialing in from Israel today. It's uh, Shaki Ben-Sasson. He's basically an organizational psychologist. I'm really curious to find out what that is, Shaki. So, but you've been in customer experience for a long time and, and you're with Amdocs, which, you know, is a company that delivers services for communications and media. And it's a pretty big company. I mean, it's, you know, in the billions of revenue listed on NASDAQ. So really want to hear about how you've been running the program. Um, so welcome to Account Experience Podcast, Shaki. How you doing? Thank you. Thank you, Adam. Thank you, Dave, for, for having me. Delighted to be here. Welcome. Hey, so first of all, what's an organizational psychologist doing in customer experience? <laughs> what is an organizational that's, psychologist? Yeah, that's, that's one of the questions that, you know, I always get. So wait a second. You're a psychologist. So, I mean, do you like have, I don't know, employees talking to you about problems? No. Absolutely not. I do, but you know, just like just like each and every one of you, right? So, do I have customers talking about their, you know, mommy daddy issues? No, absolutely <laughs> not. Sometimes they do, but you know, that's not what uh, what this is all about. By the way, that's not how I expected this day to go. Getting customers to talk exactly. about daddy issues, but I really like the direction that we're going. So, tell me more about that. <laughs> as much as you can handle. Take a step back. First of all, introduce the company Amdocs and tell us tell us about that. And then let's drill a bit more sure. further into to your role in there. So Amdocs has a fascinating story, a fascinating history, and I think even a more fascinating future. Really what uh, Amdocs started out um, a bit over 30 years ago is from the yellow pages industry. Do you, I yeah. mean... Remember oh, yeah. the days that you know, we used to. Okay, it's what people used to get a couple inches taller, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly that. So, so millennials won't get this, but they used to say, "Let your fingers do the walking." Remember? Exactly. I, I, and, I beg to differ, there, Adam. I know what I, I remember that. <laughs> get it? You're on with the boomers now, Dave. So. All right, deal. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Jackie. So yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm having I'm having a blast. So really, you know what this uh, uh, or what Amdoc started out is? Hey, we have this great software, and think you know, COBOL, the early '80s. Oh yeah, software. Yeah. That software world, not you know, this era of cloud and DevOps and whatnot. We're talking about here's our software that can actually optimize your yellow or white pages in a way that could you know bring you a lot of profit which was patented and everything and that's how it started but unlike many companies that have you know they lay a golden egg and then okay what now right what are we going to do amnox managed to lay you know an even bigger uh, egg when uh, it got into billing and add that to the invention of mobile and further on, you know, mobile internet, 3G, blah, 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 blah. Not where we are today, but that what 
you know, really made it explode, right? So kind of the combination of that. So what we do today is really sell software and services to communications, media, uh, financial, and uh, uh, what we really do is basically enable them to service their customers. Uh, that's, I mean, that's a very definition of big B2B. Right, yeah. so it's exactly right for, for the account experience podcast here. So, can you quantify your, your, your customers? I, I think I'm guessing that you've got some very large customers and some very small. Can you can you give us some background on that? Absolutely. So, large and small is always in the eye of the beholder, right? I mean, so uh, for us, any you know any one of our smaller accounts would be probably a huge account for you know, any other company, because basically when we look at our uh, largest customers, the largest accounts are basically the communication companies, the biggest ones in the world. So we have customers in 85 countries. And as you would imagine, uh, anywhere you are uh, on earth, really, well, excluding Antarctica, maybe, you would probably be experiencing um, either uh, a bill or a customer engagement or network that is powered by handbox. You're not you know, necessarily always aware because just like you said, Adam, it's really a pure B2B, but we help our uh, AT&Ts and T-Mobiles and Vodafones, all of those are obviously our huge customers, uh, impact billions, literally billions of people uh, every day enabling them to have uh, an optimized customer experience. That's really, you know, in a nutshell. Fantastic. Well, I, I want to get into some of the, you know, how you treat the large customers in a moment, but I want to drag you back to your background. So how did Jackie get into this? I mean, you know, the, again, yeah. the, the psychology, how, what was your route into managing customer experience in the business? So I think that, you know, ever since I started you know, in, uh, in university studying psychology, I was really drawn to, so how does that actually work in real life, right? And by real life, I don't mean, you know, digging into the roots of uh, psychodynamics and Freud, but really more group psychology. And I think the best, I mean, think of how much time we spend, and I'm not even talking about the pandemic, which is a whole, you know, we need a different podcast just on that, right? But how much time do we all spend, not just in the office, but working? And we work with, you know, vis-a-vis -vis other people. And what does that mean for us as people? And how does that influence, you know, the experience, the experience we get, the experience we give? Because obviously, you know, it, it flows both ways, right? So that's why I was, you know, pretty early on uh, drawn to customer experience customer service um, and uh, everything related to that. And at the time before I joined Amnox, I was uh, working for Deloitte, mm -hmm. small company, you may have heard of them. Um, and uh, in, at Deloitte, I was working with some of the, you know, more uh, international uh, companies uh, that have presence in Israel uh, and in other places, obviously. So uh, Intel, uh, Tiva, uh, some of the banks, uh, Israeli uh, aviation industry, and so on. One of the things that, you know, it's sort of how life leads you, leads you in certain places. I don't, 
you know, at least I'm assuming I don't sound Israeli, right, with my accent. And the reason is I grew up in the States. So most people, uh, you know, if you don't see my name, which is very Israeli, you think, okay, this guy's American. So I did grow up there. And um, what that gave me as, a, as an advantage is actually to be able to be bilingual. Mm -hmm. um, and for that matter, uh, if you're looking for someone with, you know, background uh, in language, uh, in high tech and in psychology, I actually got an offer to, uh, to come here to Amdocs and uh, start this uh, new interesting uh, uh, pilot that they uh, were thinking of. And the whole idea, or how does that connect to the Amdocs background is up till the millennium, Amdocs was really a market dominator. I mean, it mm -hmm. did not have as much competition. There was hardly a sales department or any sales force as hard as it you know, sounds. Uh, you know, a company this big or even as big as it was not have any sales or marketing because it was really you know, kind of selling itself. And then when uh, you know, the, the boom of the uh, millennium uh, turned, comes competition and then, okay, maybe we should actually think about customer experience. Yeah. Let's see, let's check the, let's test the waters. And that's how it started, really started, you know, at the beginning, more of a grassroots movement than something top down by the book and, you know, all that jazz. So how, how did you start off with it all coming, coming in completely fresh coming from, and we, we see it sometimes in our experience with a, a, a monopoly business, if you like, where with not much competition beforehand, what, what is your beginning point there? Is it, is it going out and just researching first or are you really just capitalizing on what yeah. you internally is, is working well? Yeah. In the beginning, it was really, okay, why don't we try and uh, sell this idea to account managers and mm -hmm. some of them really embraced the ones that were more mature said you know what this could be really interesting let's actually hear what our customers are telling us and others were saying yeah you know this sounds to me a bit like i don't know internal affairs at the police you know <laughs> we're not sure if we really want to you know pull the carpet yeah. and see what's under there right yeah. so and once it started gaining momentum and people actually saw, really, wow, that's what they think about us? Really? Yeah. You know, it's, you know, it's kind of like each and every one of us holding a mirror. I'm holding a mirror and it's like, really? I don't have any hair left. That, be? that can't be true. You know, so, you, know you, you talk about psychology, that fear of feedback is so real. Uh, I think all of us around, you know, on the podcast, we really feel that, Dave. We, we get that also with people, our all-time customers. And so so, that, so how, did you, how did you get over that? Jackie, how did you, you know, I think the, this the, doesn't, this doesn't have the, magic. What was, what did you put in place to make, to make people get over that? I think the magic in, in any, and this really goes back to psychology, like the silver bullet is the, you know, what you call in textbooks, the WIFM, right? The what's in it for me. Yeah. And it's different from, you know, any point of view, it's different. So if you're, you know, a customer, the only reason why customers will actually do your surveys, give you time to feedback, 
is if they feel they're getting anything out of it. Otherwise, they're not going to waste their time, especially in, you know, thinking B2B more than B2C. You're actually targeting chief executives. You're competing with, uh, you know, hundreds of other people that want 30 minutes or an hour of their time. um, And they're not going to give you that time unless two things. One, you really have strong engagement. And the second is obviously, um, yeah, you know, we're going to actually get something out of it. The WIFM for if you're thinking the CEO, and it should really be the CEO of your company, is talk the money language. That, that really, you know, speaks much more than words or psychology or, you know, any type of metrics that, you know, we think are great. But if you're at the C-suite, you know, you're thinking, okay, can you actually tell me what that means for my revenue or for mm-hmm. my, uh, you know, margins? And two, um, how do you actually tie customer feedback? How do you use customer feedback to shape behavior? Otherwise, why do this at all, right? If you cannot say, look, I got feedback and using that feedback, I can actually drive the top and bottom line. I can actually influence uh, behavior. Then, you know, it's more of a hobby than a mission, right? Yeah, sure. This episode of the Account Experience Podcast is sponsored by Customer Gauge, the leading B2B account experience software that ties revenue to your experience data in real time to help you make better account-centric decisions that drive revenue growth. Quick question. What do you guys think is the number one reason B2B experience programs fail? Believe it or not, it's lack of C-suite buy-in. In in Customer Gauge's research with MIT, they found the quickest way to align yourselves with the C-suite is to actually align with what they care about most, which is revenue. That's why Customer Gauge is literally built from the ground up to maximize and track the revenue contribution from your experience program in real time. Companies like DHL, Anheuser-Busch, Heineken, uh, yeah, we get a good amount of free beer. One Login, Iron Mountain, H&R Block, Super Office, and Sugar CRM are already using Customer Gauge to maximize their growth by tying their programs to revenue. And with over $10 billion worth of account revenue actively being managed in Customer Gauge, yeah, that's billion with a B. They're the leader in the space. But maybe even more interesting, they found that once you get alignment with that C-suite, the needs of these B2B practitioners or the program champions are evolving too. In such a complex account environment, it can be really tough to measure and act on feedback quickly across multiple departments, divisions, or even locations. Luckily, Customer Gauge has you covered there as well. With account-native features that easily help you not only measure the feedback from multiple stakeholders in an account, but act on that feedback in real time. Because at the end of the day, if you're not empowering your frontline staff with the right insights to address customer issues, you're going to be dealing with the churn issue. It's not a matter of if, it's really a matter of when. Customer Gauge helps you distribute this experience data across your entire organization, regardless of department, regardless of location, regardless of division, all in real time. No manual spreadsheets or a team of analysts are needed. Customer Gauge's mission is to help B2B companies harness the power of account-centric growth to drive meaningful change in their businesses. And that's a powerful thing. If you want to see Customer Gauge in action, go ahead and check out customergauge.com and get a demo of account experience today. You won't regret it.
the, the, the way that you're tying revenue to um, the customer experience outcomes puts you in the most mature segment of, uh, of what I think of you know, companies out there doing that. Uh, you know, we've done recent surveys about this to do that. So congratulations, first of all. That's a, it's a really awesome place to be. Um, so what are, some, what are some of the, um, you know, so some of the real results that you've had out of this? How, how are you able to keep driving this with them, which I love, by the way, you know, by, um, to, to the companies? What, what, uh, to the company, what, what are the, the, the stories that you tell people? So I think it's really, you know, especially the, the day and age we live in, it's sort of, you know, you wake up in the morning and, you know, it's always morning somewhere if you're working internationally and you need to retell and resell the story. Yeah. You can't just rest on your laurels and say, hey, you know, I have this graph from a year ago that shows how nicely, you know, our metrics can predict, uh, you know, future revenue. People will say, so what? Okay, that's very nice. You need to show, okay, you know what? Here's an account that, you know, got feedback on the product, the project, the individuals, and here's what they did. And it actually helped them identify business opportunities. If, you know, it's not something that happens every day, right? It's not every day, you know, you stumble upon, here's a beautiful opportunity, right? But, you know, that once in, um, is, is what makes people, you know, the, the aha moment, right? That's uh, and, and then I'm assuming that then drives people to want to get more of these responses and more of these feedbacks from their, from their customers and things like that. And is, is that just on the, 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 the top ones of your accounts? And are you sharing that? Um, about if I'm a key account manager for three accounts, are all of my results and feedbacks shared constantly with, with other key account managers so that everyone can learn? Absolutely. We tried to, you know, because in many ways we're so disparate in the sense of, you know, unlike there are a lot of, uh, uh, you know, real excellent top brand uh, companies that have, I don't know, two, three, a hundred, okay, products and or services and they can say yeah we have this product at you know 100 uh, accounts we have those services at 500 we're not like that because it's such a complex business for good and for bad yeah. uh, each and every customer in a way is has a unique experience right mm -hmm. so and obviously add to that the different geographies the different contracts the different histories and whatnot and then in a way we try to connect the dots and we try to come to management and tell them, look, here's the story. Here's what, you know, here's the picture, not just from a revenue perspective, okay, which is important, but think of what, you know, your long-term, if you're holding a periscope or, you know, to use customer gauges, maybe you want to have a customer gauge for everything. Yeah. You want to have, you know, finance, right? You want to have HR and you should have something in the long-term, not just for the next quarter, right? Every public company, which of course we are, lives from quarter to quarter. That's how it works. But how do you actually see, you know, a year, two years, five years ahead? Can you actually see that's, that's where, yep. you know, customer experience comes in. Great answer. 
let, one of the things that, the, that our listeners often tell us about, they really want to hear the mechanics of the program. Sure, so sure. let's nerd out for a minute and maybe you can dive in and tell us a little bit about how you are gathering your custom experience, how you're bringing it back into the organization. Sure. So it's in a way different uh, pre-COVID and post-COVID, just like a lot of things. Um, so it's different and, and similar in weight. The most important thing, and this is, I know, a challenge for us and for others, is scoping out who is the customer, as dumb as it sounds. Well, of course, the customer is you know, AT&T or the customer is Vodafone. Yeah, it is. But how do you actually manage to listen to everyone you need to? So the fact that you, know, you deal with one or two or 50 people does not mean that there's not 500 additional people that you know have a lot of stake in what you do yeah how do you actually reach out to them so it's really what it means is that we go through a heck of a lot preparation to really you know go on linkedin and get you know org charts and whatnot to make sure we understand who's who in the zoo so you know we try to listen to of course in our industry you know the Usual suspect would be the IT tower, right? The CIO, the CTO, but procurement, marketing, digital, and it's always an evolving world. They matter just as much. So we definitely try to have, you know, um, a good feel of here are the people that we want to get feedback from. And then the next step is like we uh, just just, uh, spoke about that is the with them. How do we actually get on their calendars? How do we actually, you know, tell them, look, guys, we, uh, you know, you should give us an hour of your precious time to do this because here's what you get out of it. Okay. And what you get out of it is, is clear and simple. One, there is an obligation for each and one of the uh, Amdocs CBEs. CBE stands for uh, customer business executive or in other words, an account manager. Um, their goal sheet is tied to customer feedback, a component of it. They're not just compensated on sales or EBIT. So there's a component. Second, they have uh, you know, uh, an hourglass that flips after getting the feedback and they need to get back to the customer and work with the customer on forming together an improvement plan. Yeah. That itself is you know, engagement and that's walking the talk. It's not just, okay, yeah, well, you gave us feedback and, you know, we're going to put in Excel and a PowerPoint and, you know, it goes into the wazoo and then, you know, who knows what happened, right? And a lot of companies that I've, you know, done this before in the past, uh, that's, that's one of the challenges, right? How do you close the loop? So it's not just the generic, yeah, we listened to you and, uh, you know, we may have done things and stuff. It has to be concrete. It has to be signed off by the customer. And even if, you know, it's not, it's never an ideal world. It's never, you know, okay, we're going to sprinkle some uh, magic powder and you're going to be happy. You're going to be loyal. You're going to grow your business. It's never like that. Right. But it's always a how do you find the differences between like we we tend to call it closing the either the the smaller loop which i think is kind of what you're talking about there and you know we get the feedback from the customer we say what we're going to do about it it might be more tactical if you like 
with also get, making sure that you're closing that larger or strategic loop of saying, right, six of our top customers have, have asked us something that will fundamentally change the way we do our business. Is it all valid? How do we get it going? What's our kind of prioritization for it? Or do we stick to our guns? How, how do you guys kind of process that internally? Dave, you asked the million dollar question. <laughs> that's really, yeah, that's where, you know, we, and I'm sure it's not just us, that's where, you know, we have a long way to go, right? If I could say, you know what, we heard this from our customers and we came up with a new, yeah. you know, groundbreaking service or product that R&D took and then turned it into, you know, this and that, or we fundamentally changed the way we do this process entirely, you know, um, then, you know, that would be a big attaboy that we currently we're not there. That's where, you know, the program needs to definitely, uh, you know, grow. That's, that's the biggest challenge. And like you said, I think a lot of people, uh, you know, and us included, we can show a lot of successes at the account level, even at the company level, but nothing that, you know, is, hey, we learned not just on, you know, this opportunity here. Or, so that's where it's at. Okay, I've got a few nuts and bolts things. So um, uh, are you treating larger clients the same way as smaller clients? How do you distinguish the, no. that? We basically take uh, and scope out, okay, here are the large and strategic customers we have. And for those large and strategic customers, we would map, like I uh, told you a few minutes ago, we would map out all the stakeholders and make sure that we uh, get on their calendars, listen to feedback from each and every one of them, and obviously supplement it with uh, web surveys that you know uh, support all these uh, uh, languages. Obviously, you know we we have to to support that too. And uh, with that, we make sure that um, there is a dedicated process that you know should take us a month end to end to get all the feedback and uh, try also to make sense of it, right? The fact that, you know, a lot of, and this is the, the, the classic, right? A lot of customers said, yeah, you know what? You're too expensive. Okay, you don't need a survey for that, right? You don't need to voice the customer for anything. Say, you know what? Yeah, that's too expensive. Uh, if that's what, you know, if that's the feedback we'll come back with, then, you know, why are we doing this at all? It's a waste of time, money, right? So. You need to also make sense of it all and understand, you know, just like in any SWOT analysis, this stuff is strategic. Here is, you know, what they're telling us about competition. Here's, you know, the opportunities. Here's some threats. Here's, you know, the positives, the negatives and whatnot. And then, okay, so for the large customers, we will go through all that just because obviously just like any B2B, not our, all customers are uh, equally you know, yeah. uh, treated, right? And it's it's much more than that. It's not just, okay, how much is this customer reeling in annually? It's obviously the potential. And in that, I don't think we differ from anyone else. If it's, you know, uh, uh, well, we have this small project, but potentially, wouldn't it be great to reel this, you know, whale in and uh, uh, do so much more than we do? Uh, obviously, we would treat it that way. And uh, for smaller customers, 
it really is, you know, about, okay, what type of feedback are we looking for? Are we just looking, because if, you know, it's just about the look and feel of the product of the account management, you don't need to use your, you know, heavy guns, excuse the metaphor to just, you know, kill an ant. Okay. Um, it's, it's just not, you know, cost effective, right? The way it's true. It's appropriate. It's about appropriate action, right? So, you know, the, the, uh, making sure that you've got the right resources on it. So look, I'm going to keep going down to the details because I'm a real nerd about this. So, so how many are you doing it once a year, twice a year, four times a year? What's the sort of cadence that you've got going on with your clients? So it's a mix. What that means is that in each and every moment in time, and unfortunately in COVID, it's really, you know, 365, 24, seven, because, you know, it's, it's sort of the opposite is it's, it's always five o'clock somewhere, right? It's way past five o'clock here and, you know, <laughs> look where I am. So, yeah, that's, you know, um, when you think of it, what that means is that we have customers giving us feedback each and every day of the year. We have actions being taken on customer feedback each and every day of the year. So for each account of these accounts, we will survey them you know, once a year. And by survey, I mean the whole nine yards. I mean, basically, we will go through that interview of, of 45 minutes or more uh, and uh, understand and get to the bottom of everything. Then six months after, they would just, you know, get a survey, one question that asks, which is really more of a pulse survey, to what extent do they feel that their feedback uh, was acted upon, nice. Nice. right? So, you know, we have the, that check, but obviously it's, you know, not, we try to limit, you know, the, the amount of uh, over-surveying, which mm -hmm. is, you know, always, always a challenge. And we try not to just make it a survey, right? I mean, the, the best compliment that, you know, we can get, and we do get that, and I have it on record even, is, um, you know what, we typically don't take surveys, we typically don't do interviews, but we actually do it with you because we know, you know, it means something, and that type of stuff. It's really cool. Um, that's, the, that's the money quote right there, Shaq, you'd love to hear that. Dave. So, so yeah, I mean, the one, one thing you touched upon as well as, you know, trying to close that, you know, improve the way you like close that strategic loop and things like that. What, what is next for, for the next one years, two years of the program? You know, obviously hitting quarter, 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 uh, but that long-term vision, what, what do you have for the program going forward? One of the things that, and I'd love to hear your, your take on it too, uh, Dave and Adam, is how do we actually use Voice the Customer, not just for, you know, revenue, which we're, you know, doing for, for years and, you know, having all types of, but how do we actually use big data Right? How do we take voice of the customer and marry it with any of the operational data that we have in you know, disparate systems? Because you know, we're not even at a maturity level. And obviously, just like uh, other big companies, we made and will be making a lot of acquisitions. Right? So what that means is that, okay, we bought this company. Some companies were pretty big. Okay, let's take a pretty big acquisition we had. We bought Converse, who used to be a competitor, open it, it used to be a competitor. And those are just two out of you know, more than 10. Yeah. Uh, how do we integrate everything? How do we 
get the operational data, whether it's the tickets, whether it's JIRA, whether it's you know anything we've got, and then say, you know what, here's something we can sense, right, in yeah. terms of you know, I, I, th I think that's often the, the silver bullet that we hear look, people looking for a lot at the moment, right? And I think that's that's the direction we're going in terms of saying, right, what is the health of this account at any given point of time? And is that an accurate indicator? Uh, I think that's always a, the thing that we're always striving towards. Adam, I know we've spoken about it a lot in the past as well. Yeah, this is, this is my hobby horse, actually, because I, I, of course, you know, things like NPS and other stats are really important. But I think engagement is more important than anything. And you really touched upon the Shaki earlier on. You know, it's about having that sort of constant dialogue with your key accounts. You've got to keep that up. When you don't get that, you have these uh, periods of radio silence or, you know, uh, white space or dark matter. Call it what you will. Those are things, you, things you've got to watch out for. And actually, most software tools are not very good at highlighting those. Uh, even as humans, we're not very good at spotting absence of signal. So that's one of the things that we're most concerned about, about making sure that you get all these, you know, get all these information streams. But when things go quiet, that's when you need to be alerted and you need to be brought into the packet. Um, I think surveys are going to be around for a while. They're a very high bandwidth way of calibrating the rest of the data set. So, and you sound like you've got a fantastic program there, Shaki, to, to do that. So, I, I, you know, I just can only see that that, that will be the expansion for, for you guys, but that's great to hear. That, that you're thinking about that great story you've told us about this i, I really love some of the things that you spoke about like with them that's a word i've learned today i love that what's in it for me and the way that you're tying things back to feedback uh, uh, you know the bonus that's fantastic um Jackie, how can people reach you if they want to uh, ask you more about this well you can reach out to me on you know linkedin you can definitely find me um there's i think uh only one person that I know on LinkedIn with my uh, exact name. So I'm the one that looks like this and works for Amex. <laughs> and that's, that's the easy way to tell. And uh, yeah, I'd love for anyone to reach out if there's any you know, questions, uh, comments, ideas, anything. Well, a wonderful way to end that. I really get something in it for me today, Shaki. Likewise. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks for joining Thank you. the Account Experience podcast. Take care and talk to you soon. Thank you very much. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. Hey, Dave, it was great to speak to Jackie, wasn't it? Well, that was absolutely fascinating. I really liked to uh, really I, so the thing I, I kept I wrote down loads of notes during that this thing about the whiff him what's in it for me and the way he was talking about how that works inside his company that's how he motivated people to do it but also how it works for the customers as well yeah 100 percent. also who's who in the zoo was another one yeah. of my favorite ones um I really that that goes to really show a good point about it's not just about blasting surveys out or just hoping for responses. You need to know who you're getting feedback from uh, and then what to do with it from there. And I think the way that they do that, that's, that's a real credit to them. So I think, you know, you're doing, doing all right if you're one of their customers and that they're really putting the effort into finding out who you are and then, and then following it up and, and completing the loop as well. Yeah, I think it's rare that companies have such a mature CX program. So I think it was a really, really good uh, learnings that we got from Checky then. Also, 
I think Amdocs customers must be pretty lucky as well. Yeah. To, to take, and I like the thing he said also about, you know, he, they survey people after the closed loop to say, to what extent was the feedback enacted? I love that. More companies should do that. And, you know, we don't normally do this, but we fill in your surveys. I thought that was really nice. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Another great uh, Can Experience podcast. Hey, listen, looking forward to our next one. You know, who we got coming up next. Our friend Maurice? Yeah, I've, I've secured Maurice Fitzgerald. Fantastic. So we are I'm looking forward to um, talking to him about, you know, the future of uh, customer experience and probably getting into a tussle about, Net promoter, yes or no, things like that. That should be quite good. So stick around. That <laughs> one. You can play referee. By the way, if you are enjoying the content from the Account Experience Podcast, please do not hesitate to subscribe and also rate us. We'd like that. That helps us spread the word and recommend us to your friends. Till the next time, catch up with you soon. Cheers now. Bye. <laughs>